Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your female clients, what would you say is probably one of the biggest things that they come to you with? What are they struggling with? How do I find a life after divorce? How do I get back into the dating scene? How do I move on after having this marriage that didn't succeed. And I'm like, girl, you're already ahead of the game. You already know what not to do. You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like subscribe, hit those notifications. You should know what to do by now. If you guys are watching during the live premiere on Monday mornings, uh, sound off in the live chat. I'm usually in there editing videos or whatever. If you guys are watching on the replay, drop a comment below your favorite emoji. doesn't really matter. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Helps more than you know, and you guys are slacking on that. Guys, you can send super chats during these episodes. I just can't share them on the screen because this is pre-recorded. But if you send a super chat, I will screenshot it and I will share it on social media for you. And you guys could follow me on uh, social media. The links are in the description. I'm on all the good platforms. Guys, get on the email list, list.comeonmanpod.com. Get free stickers, get 20 dating app openers, and get a free chapter of my book, Everything I Wish I Knew When I Was 18. Um, guys, if you don't want the stickers, just say, I don't want stickers in the address field and I won't waste a stamp on you guys. Check out the practical law of attraction course, LOA.comeonmanpod.com. It's a mindset course. Uh, do check out the book. If you go to books.comeonmanpod.com, you can get my book in all formats, including audible and Kindle edition. Join the beer club. It's a group for men. And finally, coaching is available at gumroad.comeonmanpod.com. All right, guys, joining me on the podcast this week is a very interesting lady. She had me on her show, uh, the Growth on the Rocks podcast, and she's just an absolute hoot. She's a hoot. <laughs> and I was like, I got to get her on the podcast. I, I got to talk to her, get get some get some uh, female perspective on, on, on certain things. And so joining me today is uh, Desiree Simone. She's a firecracker. I think you guys will like this conversation and I will bring you that right after these words. Life is a journey filled with twists and turns. Why is it that essential life lessons aren't taught in school? You probably know that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, but do you know how to invest in a Roth IRA? We're not taught to build ourselves mentally, physically, and spiritually. 
The roadmap to success is more than just a college degree. You don't have to follow the traditional route. Success isn't confined to a classroom. It's about discovering your own path. You ever wish that someone handed you a guidebook to life when you were 18? Well, it's never too late to rewrite your story. Everything I wish I knew when I was 18. Advice for young men to create a great life for themselves. This book is your compass, guiding you to pick the right career how to invest wisely, and how to prepare for a fulfilling future. To take control of your health and your fitness. Learn how to date efficiently and find genuine desire. And master the art of leading healthy relationships. Your path is defined by the choices you make, not by others' expectations. Don't wait until you're 35 to unlock your potential. Order your copy now on Amazon. Rewrite your story. Build the life you deserve. All right, joining me on the podcast is the host of the Growth on the Rocks podcast. She's a booze enthusiast. She's your personal development bestie who helps people live a badass life. Her name is Desiree Simone. What's going on today? Oh, Paul, how are you, Muffin? <laughs> <laughs> muffin. No one's ever, ever called me Muffin, so you're I'll take welcome. It. <laughs> I'm going guys, here on out, they're like, Paul, he's a muffin. <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. no. It's, no. It's fine. It's fine. Please do. Please do. Um, I prefer love muffin. Okay. Actually. You yeah. got it. You got it. <laughs> so, so Desiree, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you found yourself in the self-improvement space and, and what motivated you to start your podcast? Well, I originally started it as a blog. I started it as a bit of therapy because the blog originated from a lovely divorce. Uh, so I was going through a lot of personal growth, which is kind of something that you and I have talked about before and something that I obviously dive really deep in what I do. So I started this blog, honestly, just to like vent and get my emotions out there and just really try to learn and grow through this extremely, extremely difficult time of my life. Did the blog for like 11 years. And then everyone else is doing a podcast, like everybody and their mama is doing a podcast. And I thought maybe I could dive into it. But at the same time, what's going to make me so special? And I think the only thing that makes me special is I just am really good at listening to what people want to be able to convey effectively versus the BS of it all. And kind of like what we were talking about before, my background has always been in hospitality. I've bartended and been a bar manager. So I always like to tell people by default, bartenders are just built-in therapists. So the original podcast was Break Bottles, Not Hearts. We talked about sex, love, dating, relationships. And then when I kind of transitioned more into personal development, we still kept the boozy element because at the end of the day, I always tell people, I'm the kind of person that you call when you're going through a crisis that guy is a jerk. You need some really good advice from a, from a girl to kind of understand women's heads are at. But at the same time, I'm also going to bring really good tequila while we vent. So that, <laughs> that's who I am at the end of the day. Okay. That's very cool. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Cause I was uh, snooping around on your, on your blog to get, to get Intel for this, uh, this interview. And I was like, wait, that, that podcast says it's called, um, Break bottles, bottle, not, break bottles hearts. not hearts. And yeah. Like, so, wait, so what? So what caused we you grew up? <laughs> yeah. You all, you're all grows up, and we... you know. <laughs> have you seen? You guys, tell me you've seen the movie Swingers. Not in ages, like literally not since it's come out. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll have to take a look at it. Yeah, at the at the uh, at the end when he's on the table and he's dancing, he's like, "My boys all grows up." He's all grows up. <laughs> yeah, um, I just decided to make that kind of transition from what I was doing more into personal development um, because that was what I decided to just really start to focus on in 2023. Mainly because you know, and shout out to Gary V. He always talks about monetizing your passion. And personal development has always been my passion. I just didn't realize that that was what it was. I just thought I was the friend who does a really great job listening to you. And I apparently give like pretty good advice. Um, and at the same time, I'm going to feed you tequila to get to the root of your limiting beliefs. So yeah. <laughs> that's where we made that transition into more personal development and coaching. And so the podcast went from break bottles, not hearts, still boozy elements to growth on the rocks. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. What, what really pushed me over the edge with act doing actually coaching was because uh, like this podcast started off in a men's group and I was like, I was giving away free game, you know, just to the boys. But what was pissing me off is when people come to you and, and, and you give them free advice, they, they never take it. Right. And then when they come back to you and they're crying like a month or two later, you're like, I told you. And they're like, well, uh, you know, but if, but if they, it's funny when they, when they put some money in it, they have some skin in the game. They actually do want to take action and they do what you tell them more. So it's like, it sort of protects your mental health, um, <laughs> from the value leechers, you know, like, and I hate to put it out that way because, uh, the podcast is free for the value leechers, but, uh, you know, like people that really want to change, like they, you know, for whatever reason, it's it's like it's like almost like a mental thing. If they're putting investment in, they're going to invest in themselves. So, um, so is it safe to say that your audience is primarily women then? Mostly women. Yeah, I'd okay. say like ninety nine point nine percent, maybe ninety eight percent, but mostly women. Absolutely. So, shout out to the oh, ladies. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, ladies. So, yeah, and that's fascinating because my my primary audience is men, but I think it it's good getting insights from the opposition sometimes you know it's, it's it's an art of war thing you know knowing what the enemy is or knowing your enemy or whatever uh so now we're the enemy come on come on oh come on you gotta think strategically here it's all about strategy I mean, um <laughs> it is very true yeah i was so i was gonna ask you so so you got into this stuff from divorce isn't it funny like almost all of us end up in this space because of a breakup or divorce or whatever like that. Yeah. Were you, were, did you file or did he file? He filed. Oh, he, wow. He, okay. he filed. He, well, actually scratch that. He asked, I filed. Um, yeah. He was, he was the one. And oh, let me preface this by saying this was well over a decade ago. And I, to this day, have the greatest respect for my ex-husband. It just didn't work out. Like that's sure. just, that's just what it was. And so he wanted the divorce and kind of took his time on it on his end. And so finally I was like, if, if this isn't what we both want, I'll go ahead. So technically I was the one who actually filed, but he was the one who asked for it. Got um, it. So it, it, so it yeah. sounds like it was somewhat mutual then. It was just like, yeah, this just isn't at, working. At out. one point it was not my, it was definitely not mutual in the beginning because I was very okay. much whatever I can do to make it work. And he was just like, yeah, I just don't think this is right. And it's yeah. completely fine. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes things just don't work out. Like that, a lot of guys, 
um, especially on the like the red pill side, which you know I'm in the red pill side of the space. A lot of guys really get angry at the divorce thing, and and I look back at my divorce like, man, I'm glad she filed, you know, because I was I was miserable in that relationship the last half of it. But I was always one of those guys that I would never do. I would never file. I would have never filed. I would have just gone to my grave just hating life, you know, because I just thought I, I thought that's how it was. My dad's like that. My my parents are still together. <laughs> They're coming up on their fifth, their 50th wedding anniversary. They hate each other, right? Like they just, they're all, they're, they're, they're together out of spite for each other, basically at this point. And, and I just thought that's just how it is. No, you get married and you become miserable. Like that's love. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's how this is supposed to be. And so, so when she finally pulled the trigger, I was like, I was sort of upset at first, mainly because of like the kids situation, but but when I wrapped my head around it, I was like, man, what a relief this mm -hmm. is. Like, I'm free now. Mm -hmm. And um, and I just didn't I like I look back on it sadly, like I just didn't have the courage to do it, you know. Yeah. So I'm glad that she finally pulled the trigger on it. Um, so I look back on it like it was it's actually a happy experience, right? <laughs> honestly. It's amazing Which how you can look back at that. Obviously, in the moment, I'm sure that's the last thing you thought. Yeah. Um, and the same went for me like that was especially when he decided, you know, this isn't what I want. And he made that decision. Never in a million years would you have told me and three months later, you would have this epiphany of this was meant to happen, because we were both better off going our separate ways. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, so would you say then that life after divorce has just been has it been infinitely better or what did like it take you some time to get there? Like what, what was your experience post-divorce? I'm not going to lie. It took me some time to get there. Mm -hmm. um, your girl went a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs for, okay. for a few months. I, I did some really not fun things. Me and me and booze were really, really good friends. Mm -hmm. And I, I was, smart with my decisions. I just wasn't smart with how I took care of myself. I wasn't mm -hmm. smart with how I was talking to myself. And so all I really kept thinking was, we're just gonna drink a lot. We're just gonna drink a lot. We're gonna stay home. We're gonna be really antisocial. Um, my background is performing and being a singer. And so there was no desire to do anything remotely related to singing or being on stage, nothing. So the first few months were pretty difficult, not gonna lie. Um, I ended up moving to a completely different state, but still closer to my family, which was really important for me. And I think even though I was going through that at the time, I knew it was important to be surrounded by people who knew and loved me and could be like, what are you doing? Um, and I think I needed to get to a really, really low point. And I did, I got to a super, super low point um, I tried to commit suicide and it was really eye-opening to kind of be in that position of this is my lowest point. Mm. But at the same time, and I've done a speech about this where I said me writing my suicide letter to my mother, which is probably one of the most horrible things you could ever do. Um, and then being a coward and emailing it to her so she would see it when she wakes up the next day mm -hmm. was probably the single most terrifying and the greatest thing that I could ever do because that, that was the starting point. Like that was, this is your rock bottom. This mm. is it. So we can either 
pull the trigger on this and, you know, make the horrible decision to make a permanent decision over something temporary, or we can let this catapult you into a completely different trajectory of your life. And thankfully, I have amazing friends and amazing family members who kind of helped me get out of that. Yeah, that's I'm glad you're still here. The Thank you. that's very common in the men's side of the space. And men statistically succeed at at unaliving themselves more than women. Not that there's like a you know a, a trophy for that, but unfortunately, that's that's a real thing. And people just put so much emotional and ego investment into these relationships that when it ends, they just don't know they don't see any way out. Yeah. And so they, they, they think this is my option. I'm going to just, if the pain hurts so much, I just can't deal with it anymore. So, uh, I'm glad that there's, there's people like you out there, um, to keep people alive, you know, like, uh, like it, these types of shows give people hope, you know? So that's one of the reasons why I want to ask you about post-divorce was because like, like you went through some pain too, but you came out on the other side better like because of it. Would you say? I definitely did. And you know, I'm not going to lie. It, it took some time. I, I still have moments even now where I'm like, Oh man, like I can't believe I went through that. But at the same time, thank God I went through that. Mm -hmm. um, I have moments where I look at myself and I'm like, girl, you really were going to like 86 yourself and you would have missed out on this opportunity, this opportunity and this relationship and that relationship. Um, I was in several relationships after my marriage and they all exponentially got better. And I learned so much. And mm -hmm. one of the things I constantly tell people is I, I learned a lot from not being the best version of me in my marriage so that I could be a better version now. So to sit here and say that there wasn't some benefit from my first marriage, I will never ever say that I didn't learn anything from it, but it was a process to kind of crawl out of that. But I also know how to be kinder to myself. And I also know how to be a better partner. And every single subsequent relationship after my divorce, I learned to be a better partner. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's actually a, a good thing to bring up. A lot of people, and you'll, you've probably seen this with your coaching. A lot of people, when they go on dates, they, they, they bring up their old baggage, you know, and then they talk smack about their ex and like, ah, oh, they were, they were trash and all this stuff. And it's like, that was the, one of the worst things you could possibly do on a date. They'll turn you, they'll turn someone else off. Cause no one wants to date a negative person. They also don't want to be the next person you're going to be talking smack about. So one of the things that I try to teach guys is, uh, think about some of the positive things that you might say about that relationship. Cause there was like, it wasn't all bad. There was a reason why you were with them, you know, think of some positive things in that way. You know, if you're on a date, try to avoid the subject at all. But if you're really pressed on it, yeah, it didn't work out, but you know, these were the blessings of this relationship. I learned all this kind of stuff or whatever. Uh, that's a more like a, a more positive way to spin, <laughs> spin a, a, a negative experience that other people will uh, appreciate, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually do that often. And I never realized that was kind of what I was doing was that inadvertent put it positive. But it's exactly like you said, clearly, you were with that person for X amount of time for some reason. It wasn't all of a sudden they were some sort of asshole. Like, no, you spent four years with this person. That was still four years of something. And mm -hmm. so even with now, I can name every single ex and I can start with, 
it didn't work out, but like this one was a really great saxophone player. This one was super, super into sci-fi and was just really, really smart with it. This one financially was like a genius. Like it might not have worked out with us as a couple, but yeah, I can go down and I can also sit here and be like, well, this is what made me fall in love with him. He was compassionate. He had a great relationship with his family. He had a really, really big heart. He was extremely selfish. He was hot as hell. He had a 10 inch dick. Like all of these things I can list as to reasons why I might've fallen in love with my ex, but then like life happened and it just didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. So let me, let me ask you this. Um, so your, uh, your, your, uh, your, your female clients are right. What are, what would you say is probably one of the biggest things that they come to you with? Like they're, what are they struggling with? You know, honestly, it's actually this topic is what we're talking about right now. It's this whole, how mm. do I find a life after divorce? Mm. How, how do I get back into the dating scene? And I have two particular clients in very different age spectrums where both of them are like, my life is over. Like, how do I, you know, not going to get too much in detail with either one of these ladies. But at the same time, it's just interesting to have this idea of how do I move on after having this marriage that didn't succeed. And I'm like, girl, you're, you're already ahead of the game. You already know what not to do to mm. go into the next relationship. But it's, it's actually this, how do I live and navigate and more importantly, date? It's not so much, I'm in a rush to get to marriage number two or number three in some people's cases, no judgment. Um, but it's also like, how do you even date? And then how do you bring up the conversation? I was married, I have kids, I have grandkids in some cases. So this is actually a really big life after divorce is actually something that I talk to women about often. Mm. How, how long were you married? <laughs> I did not even make it a year. Oh, we oh okay. literally, yeah. Okay. We were separated right before our one year anniversary. <clears throat> oh, okay. So, so you uh, I feel like okay. in the state of Florida, I probably could have had it annulled, but. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Can, yeah. So. Another reason why I asked, because a lot of people that come to me, um, we're in the same boat that I was, which was like, I was married for 14 years. Mm. <clears throat> and so, um, I like to, I like to think that, you know, I was, a you know, a little bit of a, little bit of a, a you're in the Nova. Yeah. Back, back in my, my, you know, my early teen, you know, or late teens or whatever. But, but then I, I was rushing for marriage. Right. So I got married like 20 years old. I wasn't even old enough to buy alcohol at my wedding reception. And so when I got divorced, like all of a sudden I'm in my mid thirties and I have been out of practice for 15 years at least, you know? And so when I found myself back on the dang circuit, I was like, I, I don't even know how to talk to women. Like, mm -hmm. what the hell do I do? Like, I used to be good at this. So, so that wasn't, that probably wasn't something that you ran into, but uh, are you finding that your clients are running into that where they're like, I don't even know how to drop the hanky. Anymore. Oh yeah. Oh, well, absolutely. <laughs> and, and not only that in the past, you know how it is with apps, like every single year, there's a new version, there's an update, there's a new tape type of dating app. So yeah. for a lot of these women, it was Bumble didn't exist when I was married. What are you, what are you talking about? There's an app where the woman can talk first so there's been a lot that's happened. So not so much. I don't even know how to begin a conversation. Shoot, there's technology that didn't even exist. There's dating apps that didn't even exist. There's platforms that didn't even exist. So being able to learn how to navigate that as well.
You know, speaking of Bumble, this is one thing that um, I noticed when I was out dating and I teach my guys is uh, Bumble's trash. And the reason why Bumble's trash is because it puts women in their uh, their masculine role. It puts them in because they now have to take the lead of setting the tone and instigating a conversation, which is traditionally the man's job, right? Women just show up and, you know, make eyes from across the room and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And then guys come over and then, hey, may I buy you a drink or right? Like that, that's traditional. Um, and so most dating apps are set up that way. And Bumble's like, we're going to change the game. We're going to give you the power, sister. And girls are like, hell yeah, no more creeps coming up to me. <laughs> what I find, at least in my area, because I live out in cow country, right? So there's it's very traditional out here. So a lot of women love the idea of Bumble, but when it comes to initiating the conversation, they would rather let the the timer run out than actually just open up with like their favorite emoji or something. Right. And so what I, so what I tell guys is you're going to get a lot of matches on Bumble. Most of them are going to disappear because most of these women are either going to have too many options or they're just going to be too scared to open. And if you do get a girl that opens, 99% of the guys are like, women don't know. How, they have no game. They have no yeah. way. To, they have no idea how to open. And I go, it's not your job. It's not their mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. All they're doing is handing you the football. You need to take that ball and run with it. So if they open with, hey, that's basically them saying, it's hey, turn. it's your turn. Open, Let's open go. me. Open yeah. me. What's your best opener? You know, like impress me. And uh, and so it's like, okay, they, they give you a, a hey hit them with like your, your, your coolest, slickest line. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and like, that's how, that's how Bumble works. But, but have you ran into that with your, your, your uh, female clients where they're like, I, I like Bumble sounds awesome, but I don't know how to open or anything like that. I think whether it's Bumble or anything, it's that whole initiation is really difficult. And like I said, if you already have several years of a relationship and a marriage behind you, it's like, well, man or woman, how the hell do I even start this? How do I have mm. this conversation? So a lot of times we start transitioning into confidence. Like how are, what are we going to do to boost the confidence? What are we going to do to get you in touch? Because I like to always tell people, how are we going to get you in touch with your inner badass, right? Um, mm. You're not going to die if someone says no. If you get rejected, it is not the end of the world. Um, mm. It's kind of like what we talked about when you were on my podcast is that I am confident as hell. I am sometimes delusionally confident yeah mainly because it's not going to hurt my feelings if a man says well no you're not my type or he doesn't match with me because at the same time it wasn't meant to be like i'd rather spend my time with someone who wants to pursue me so we talk a lot about like how are we going to build confidence what are the things that are going to get you excited to want to make that conversation and i want you to baby step i'm not going to have you open with some sort of line that makes the guy be like wow like not only do I want to date this woman, I could totally sleep with her in the next few days. I want you to at least input some part of your own self into it. But at the same time, I do want you to do a little bit more than just a hey, right? Mm, and mm. a lot of that is going to start with, well, what makes you feel confident? And I always tell people, I think guys at the end of the day love a, wom love a woman who can make them laugh. So mm. give me, give me a good silly quote. Give me some cheesy line. Get, I'm a huge fan of dad jokes. They are corny as hell, but they're great ways to get people to be like, huh, okay, that's funny. And then, like you said, let the guy take it from there. Yeah. 
So would you say, this is actually a really fascinating, fascinating uh, concept that I don't think most guys even think about, but it sounds like confidence is an issue on the woman's side as well. It can be absolutely. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. And especially, you know, whether it was he filed or she filed, whoever probably if let's say the, the man might've filed a divorce, then yeah, you're definitely going to have like a stroke against your confidence to make you feel like, wow, I I've, I have failed in this marriage. Therefore I failed in myself, failed in my role as a wife, failed at life. So a lot of time that transition into how I get back into the dating scene after divorce, there's a prequel level. My confidence is kind of dashed away. So what can we do to help increase that? Mm. See, but this is just a really good conversation just because I, I know guys listening to this are probably shocked to hear that because confidence is probably 99% of guys problem. And, and it's probably one of the most attractive things that women like about guys that are confident, right? Like guys mm -hmm. that are confident, girls are like, Ooh, he's bold. Yeah. You know, like, Ooh, uh, there's a, one of my favorite mentors in this space is a guy named Dr. Robert Glover. And he says, he says it like this. He goes, women respond to confidence. They get the same buzz from a very confident guy as men get from a great pair of tits. You know, it's like, it's Interesting. like, it's, it's they're hardwired to, you know, just evolutionary psychology speaking. They, they are, they are appreciate a confident guy. So if a guy's like really bold and confident girls, are like, Ooh, I like this guy for some reason. I don't know what it is about him. But guys struggle with that, yeah. Because guys are afraid of rejection. Same, same thing. You know, like we, we, imagine this, guys. We're all humans. Isn't that weird? Isn't that what? weird? When did that happen? Whoa, right? whoa! <laughs> the hell are we talking about here? <laughs> so, now, yeah. Go ahead. Now, I was gonna say. Now, do you do you see this? Not that I'm like trying to interview you here. <laughs> it's a bad thing about having two podcast hosts. No, no. This uh, is great. This is this is good. Do you find that that idea of women are attracted to confidence that there's also what I have seen a very thin line between confidence and arrogance? I find that most women actually deep down like a, a somewhat arrogant guy. That's Just what I found. Find somewhat. Just uh, I, I agree with you, but I'm like, yeah. I still don't want you to be a dick. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's a difference there, right? A guy who's we call it irrational, um, ir you know, irrational self-confidence, you know, and that's where you end up seeing a guy who's kind of a, maybe a, a, a chubbier guy. Maybe he's challenged in the looks department, but he's got an absolute dime on his arm because he's funny. He's cocky. He's, you know, just a, a barrel of monkeys and he's just a joy to be around. Right. Like women are just drawn to that. Mm -hmm. And so there is a level of like, yeah, no, I am your best option. Right. But there, but there's also a line where you can't, you can't be insulting about it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and a women, uh, a, a fun fact about women, you probably know this, maybe you don't, I don't know, but women are constantly testing men and they have to, they have to test men. And so if a woman starts shit testing a guy, maybe playfully teasing him, playfully, you know, throwing little barbs at him or whatever, and he handles that like, like it's no big deal and sort of playfully jokes it off and stuff like that. Like women are like, okay, no, 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 this guy's the real deal. He's the real deal. So as long as you're, you're, 
you know, sort of confident, maybe cocky, maybe a little bit arrogant, but that is really you. I think women actually are drawn to that. But if it's a fake facade, women will find it and they will be able to sniff it out because it's, women aren't stupid. It's that part right there. If it's really you, then we love that. We mm -hmm. love it. We're turned on by it. We also hope that you can translate that into the bedroom because there's nothing worse than have that level of bravado. And then you are a two minute man in the bed. Like there is absolutely nothing worse than that. Yeah. But when you end up being that guy where it's completely fake, that it's not you. And then outside of the bar, I'm basically having to like be your therapist at the end of the date. Then yeah, it wasn't worth my time. Yeah. 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 Uh, what I, what was a struggle for me, what I ended up learning, which blew my mind because I, man, I really hate to say this, but like we are, men are raised basically to be defective women nowadays. And what I, what, what ends up happening is guys want women to make the decisions. They want to, you know, the women to make the plans because they don't, they, they want to make sure she's happy and that we want to do what she wants to do. And, and it's like, so like, that's the way I was raised. Right. Like, I just want like happy wife, happy life kind of thing. And it's like, oh, no, actually, she kind of wants you to make the plans, man. She kind of makes you wants you to set the tone and lead. And she just wants to show up looking hot. And, uh, you know, it's 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 like, oh, so if I just plan the dates and set the tone and lead and, you know, take her on, you know, make these plans and, and take her out and ha have fun like that, like that. That's the key here. Like, this is so easy. You know, but it's also uh, counterintuitive to what we're all taught these days, you know, so it's 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 a catch 22 almost. I want a healthy balance. I'm one of these really weird, very much in touch with my masculine. But at the same time, I want a healthy balance. Um, I can sit here and tell you what I think gender roles should be or what a role of a man or woman should be in a relationship. I don't really care because at the end of the day, what works great in my household may not work good in your household. And that's one of the very first things I always talk to women and men about when I coach them is I need you to find what works best for you. But more importantly, I need you to also make sure it works best for your partner. Mm -hmm. So that's the communication that I want people to really focus on. But for me personally, I do want to balance. I spend a lot of my time. It's either me running a business. It's either me and head the a department. It's either me in charge of people and making big, big decisions. So then to be able to then put that away and let it go and have a man come and say, we're going to execute X, Y, and Z, whether it's dinner, whether it's vacation, whether it's finances, it is a nice relief mm -hmm. because I'm also okay with saying I can do all of that yeah. on my own by myself, but I want to have a partner who's going to be like, but right now, I want you to be able to rest. I want you to be able to enjoy this. I want you to be able to get in touch and do all that fun stuff with your feminine and do not worry because I have this taken care of. And then if I need to be able to be that balance for him when things are down, because that's the other thing I think is really important is there's going to be ups and downs for relationships. And there's going to be times that your man is going to need you to step up at times. And I think it's so frustrating for couples to be in this position of, Everything is going to be perfect at all times. And I'm just going to plan for that. No, it's not. It's mm -hmm. not. You're going to be facing those hardships. There are times that you're going to need to be stronger for your man. And there's times that he needs to be stronger for you. And so being able to be prepared for that, because we all love the wedding. The wedding is tons of fun. There's a lot of parties. You look good. 
But that's not where the work comes in. The work comes in afterwards and it's not going to be all sunshine and roses. So I want to be able to have a partner that can give me a really good balance to sit there and be like, you don't need to put all this on your shoulder. And if he needs me to step up in times, then I will be there in whatever way I can to step up for him as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Going back to what you're saying about how it's not always sunshine and roses. That's uh, one of the things that we talk about in the, in the red pill space is um, and it's so funny because the, the red pill gets a bad rap um, because of, you know, podcasts that have, you know, only fans girls, and then they give them, you know, white claws and they throw them off the podcast. Like that's not red pill. Okay. Like, like actual red pill is a praxeology for men to, uh, it's basically sexual strategy for men and positive male identity. That's all it is. And what we've learned in the space is that, uh, marriage and like maybe long-term relationships, we call it game on hard mode. You know, and most people think that once they get a girlfriend or once they get a, they, they put the ring on it and they have the marriage ceremony that like that's the finish line. It's like, no, man, no. Now it's hard mode. Now yeah. you're now you're playing game on hard mode because now she's seen all your shit. Mm -hmm. Now she's seen when you, uh, you know, you have a really, I don't know, bad case of diarrhea and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, like like that's it, it's not attractive. And she's seen you at your absolute worst. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you handle that kind of thing? How do you maintain attraction in that circumstance, bro? Exactly. That and so it's like when you uh when you study this stuff, it's like no, like you you gotta still play the game and it's mm -hmm. and it's a harder game because of situations like that. Um so that's actually uh it, I agree with you. It's uh it's not all sunshine and sunshine and roses and and people need to realize that the work never stops, you know, and that's, I think that's the hardest pill for most people to swallow Yeah, is, uh, they think they're at the finish line. They can relax. They can get fat now. Like, no, 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 no. You guys like, and I'm talking to the guys out there like, no, you can't get fat now, bro. Like you still have to go to the gym. Okay. You still have to go to the gym. You still have to maintain your attractiveness level. All right. Um, so shifting gears here, I, I was checking out your blog because I was uh, internet stalking you and I was when people stalk me. <laughs> I was looking at your article title titled good girl. Mm. Now, you know, you talk about good girl kink. Can you describe <laughs> what you meant by that for the listeners out there? What's, what's good girl kink? So before I describe it, I'm slightly disappointed that that's the article that you picked. Oh, I found I, a couple of articles. Oh, did you? Because I was yeah. like, I bet you I know, just by looking at your face, I was like, I know exactly what article he's going to talk about. <laughs> and I was sitting here like, oh, Lord, this is going to be fun. Okay, so anyway, so a good girl kink. So it's a it's a praise kink, basically. Yeah. And I didn't think I really had a strong praise kink until I was recently introduced to like erotic audiobooks. And I think it, I think it's because I am a singer and obviously, you know, voice and tone and timbre. That's like a really big thing to me. And so I had this horrible way of listening to audiobooks while I was in my office. So here I am trying to be very professional and do my work, but getting so distracted at listening to some man basically be like, that's my good girl. And all, uh, yeah, uh huh. Just talking um, dirty. Just talking yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the simplest thing. And so, um, I actually told my partner a few months ago, I said, you know, I kind of, I kind of discovered this thing about me. I always knew I had a praise cake, like praise kink, you know, I'm an only child of a sergeant major who just very much was like, it's either yes or no. And there's only one real answer. 
And mm -hmm. so I think I always knew I very much wanted to, you know, be the number one person in class and always just make everyone happy. Yeah. But I did not realize how strong of a praise kink I had until I heard it in bed. Yeah. And then I was like, well, this is a new level of horniness unlocked because it's it's that it's that bit of confidence that you're you're doing a good job. And yeah, yeah. If daddy tells you you're doing your you're if daddy tells you you're doing a good job, then yeah, hey, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's good. It's good. It's it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's this uh there's this this whole um men's pickup sort of philosophy. It was developed by a guy named um Alan Roger Curry called mode one. I don't know if you're familiar with it. And uh, he, he passed away last year. I, I managed to interview him like literally three weeks before he passed away. Oh, and, wow. and uh, his books are fascinating, but he talks about this. He's like, he calls it getting into a woman's left ear zone, which means if, you know, he, he, he basically, when he comes up and talks to a woman, he sort of gauges her, her body language, right? If she, is she receptive or not? Right. If, if he goes to get into her three foot space and she backs up, he's like, okay, I need to, I need to build some rapport with her a little bit. If I get into her three foot space and she doesn't move, it's like, okay, cool. She's, you know, she's pretty chill. And he's like, but if I can get into her left ear zone, which is basically close enough where he can talk into her left ear, he's like, it's on. Yeah. She's comfortable enough where, I can now talk to her in her left ear. And he's like, and then he starts getting very, very sexual with his, you know, conversation style. And it's like, it blows guys' minds, but it's like, well, no women actually are, are like, they're very aroused through their yes. ears, you know, yes. and their imagination. And so yes. it, it makes a lot of sense. And so when he talks about it, it's like, this is genius. This is absolutely mm -hmm. genius, you know? And you don't, like for the guys out there that aren't comfortable maybe going that far when you're they're just meeting a woman it's like in the bedroom like you said try it out you know like she's already in the bedroom like what are you gonna what's what's gonna happen you know like <laughs> she's actually gonna be get it's, it's gonna be, end up very well for you um it really will i promise you it will <laughs> <laughs> so no no you also in that article talk a lot about the importance of tone the yes. importance of tone in the article now most guys, most guys who, uh, like they have, they have no clue. They have no clue what, what, it, like for men, it's black and white. Hey, my words are my bond, right? Like what, what I'm saying is what I'm trying to get across, but women often speak in subtext and they also read a lot from body language and tone and not just the words you're saying. So a lot of guys just don't realize that. Have you, have you noticed that like guys are just completely clueless when it comes to their tone and their body language and how they're actually coming across to you as a woman? Have you noticed that as a, as an issue? I, I have, but I think the thing is the men who are really good with tone know how to use it and use it to their advantage mm. because there is a big difference between how you say and what you say. And also outside of the bedroom, it's, it's something that I've experienced a lot with relationships where I've always said, it's not what you said, but it was the way that you said it, your tone puts it into a different, different area. And so if you can actually master subtleness with tone and what you say and how you command it to a woman and then implement the left ear theory, guys, like it was so going to be advantageous for you, mm. but it's going to, it's going to take time. And then I think again, on the back end of that, back end of that is also confidence. 
because you're going to need to have the balls to kind of pull off some of the things you need to hear sometimes to really get that woman to go, okay, he's not coming across sleazy because inherently like this, this guy has this kind of confidence, right? So you, it's, I want to say it was, um, I want to say it's Chris Rock. I have a tendency to quote Chris Rock in a lot of my podcasts. But I want he's to say, a smart dude. He's, he's yeah. actually, he has some real good gems. Yeah. But I want to say it was Chris Rock who made a joke years ago. Where he was talking about like wanting to ask a woman out. And he was saying, you know, there's a big difference between a guy going up to a girl and being like, um, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, can I, can I take you out, ma'am? And he's like, no, versus ma'am, I want to go ahead and take you out. The exact same sentence, but the tone is different. And so, yeah. You know, I'm sure it's all part of like the art of really good pickup lines too. You can sit here and give a guy an excellent line and tell him deliver it this way, but two guys can have two entirely different ways of executing the tone of that line. And I promise you there's going to be a very different result depending on how it's done. I think that's literally the difference between a woman going, Ooh, get away from me, creep. Mm -hmm. And okay, I'll talk to you. Oh God. Yeah. Even if it's like a cheesy, horrible pickup line. Yeah. If it's phrased correctly, okay, buy me a drink. Let's talk. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of guys get all up in their head about, uh, well, if I talk, if I go up and approach a woman, like she's going to call the police on me or me too movement me. It's like, bro, relax. Like it, if, if you don't approach a woman in a creepy way and mm -hmm. in, in, in a creepy tone, like mm -hmm. you're going to be fine. You know, like even if she doesn't want to talk to you, most women are pretty cool when it comes to like letting you down easy, mm -hmm. you know, like relax, man. It's most women are. <laughs> yeah. That's why I, I do like to say most as opposed to like all women and whatever. Most, it's like it's, most women are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not are, trying to be a women traitor. Women are bitches. Like, let's get real here. I'm, <laughs> I'm not trying to be a traitor to my sex, but I've, I've definitely seen some women. I've been like, okay, that was a bit harsh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Some of them, it's unnecessary, <laughs> but it's, you know, if, if if a guy has any kind of good you know strong frame at all he'll just be like all right like whatever you know right. you must be having a bad day that's not having you. a bad day it's fine it's fine just move yeah. on so uh so last question about that article all right so uh you you like the good girl thing does it work the same when they call you a naughty girl your brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. <sighs> yeah, no, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Tone comes back to tone. <laughs> yeah, it, it, de it depends on it depends on the, the tone, to be honest with you. And so, in the context, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. That's and that's also the reason why I always tell people we are a no kink shame kind of podcast on on my end. Everybody has their thing. Good girl might not be some woman's thing, but to call her a dirty 
XYZ, that actually might be it. It can be for me, but I, yeah, the praise kink runs really strong for me personally. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to know. I want to know I'm a good girl. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Of, of course. Of course. Um, <laughs> so it's <laughs> just like, I have another question lined up. What, what I do actually, it's, it's, it's based on, it's based on the same article, but it, it's a different trajectory. Right. So you mentioned that article too, that you, you spent some time in therapy. Uh, like, are you still doing that or did you find yes. what you needed in that? No, no, I'm still in therapy. Your girl, your, your girl's in therapy. I've been in therapy off and on. And this is me saying therapy is not for everybody. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm not telling you in order to grow and be a better person and kumbaya your way into, I'm not, I get it. And also therapy comes in a lot of ways for a lot of different people. For people, meditation is their therapy. For some guys, and I've worked with clients before, martial arts is their therapy. Jiu-jitsu is their therapy. Yeah, the, gym, Whatever, yeah. the gym is their therapy. So when I say therapy, at least on my end, Yes, I'm going to a licensed therapist and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to possibly cry and yell and punch a pillow. That works for me. That might not be someone else's thing, but I've been in therapy off and on for years. I think it's kind of like a nice little tune-up, you know? You're going to not run your car for years and years and years and not get an oil change and not get your tires rotated. I think for me, that's how I see therapy. Yeah, no, no, that's fair enough. Like, so uh, what's the most helpful thing about therapy to you? I like that it's someone impartial. I like that it's someone who isn't aware of all of the players. They probably, you know, I talk about this on the blog. I've talked about it on the podcast. You can only say but so much to your partner, right? Um, they're going to try their best. They're going to try to sugarcoat a lot of things for you. They're going to try to be on your side. Or you might have an asshole partner who doesn't really care. And they're also part of the problem. Um, your parents they're, they're going to want what's best for you as well. And your close friends as well. And, you know, sometimes if it's a group of girlfriends and especially let's say it's a guy issue, we're going to sit there and be like, but girl, <laughs> you need to go ahead and forget him anyway. Maybe not the most helpful thing. It could also be accurate, but maybe not the most helpful thing in this situation. So a therapist is really going to be impartial. They're going to sit there and they're going to ask you the probing questions. They're going to ask you the uncomfortable questions. That's one of the very first things I do as a personal development coach is I'm going to probably ask you questions that you're not going to like, and you're not going to want to answer, but that's going to be a good starting point for us. So for me, I think therapy is really good to have someone who's impartial to kind of look on the outside and really ask you those hard hitting questions. Um, is that something that you've taken from uh, learning from like licensed therapists? Have you like taken that and sort of incorporate that into your own coaching program? Absolutely. 100%. There's a difference between coaching and therapy. It's very different. 100%. And I'm also the very first person to tell you you have life coaches and therapists. I am neither one of those people. I am just a person who's really good at finding out someone's passion. And then my follow-up question is, why the hell aren't you doing it? Mm -hmm. And if you're going to give me about a million reasons why, so then it's my job to be like, so let's dig into finding out why you need to start doing it. That's what I do as a coach. Um, yeah. I, I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not a licensed life coach. I have no desire to be either one of those things. And I don't discredit the people who are. 
you will find value in all of those different avenues and you just work with what works best for you. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so we have another article here that I thought was fascinating for different purposes. So you have an article called sex drought and it was fascinating, right? For me because of, because of the woman's perspective on this. Right. So a lot of guys find their way to, uh, to the men's space because they're in a dead bedroom, right? A lot of men find themselves on the, on the opposite side of what your article is talking about. They're in a dead bedroom, right? And they're like, how do I get my wife to want to want to do it again? Like she's, she's literally has a headache every night. It's a, it's a goddamn medical phenomenon, right? Like it's a, it's a medical mystery here. So Now we have a different take. Like the red pill has a different take on how to handle how to handle this situation that we've found to be effective just from the men's perspective. But for the like the listeners, right, who haven't read your article, can you give them the highlights of of how you're recommending addressing it from the woman's perspective? Like what should the like what should a woman do when she's finding herself in a sex drought? So it depends on the basis of the drought. So a lot of times, at least from my initial perspective and keeping myself in mind, um, a lot of times for me, a sex drought is medical related. It has nothing to do with my partner. I have an autoimmune disease. I can be insanely horny, but my body is just like, girl, you need to rest. Um, And I've actually encountered that with my partner where I've been like, I would love to do nasty things to you, but I feel like I've been hit by a car. And then unfortunately, the body just needs time to get to the point where you feel attractive again. So whether it's medical, and I have amazing women that I've worked with who unfortunately, men and women deal with this issue where medically, there's just things that are going on where you, you, it might not be the headache for 100 days, but it's definitely something that's going on in the body. Mm-hmm. For one, in that particular instance, I need you to understand that your partner is just as frustrated as you. A lot of times they're sitting there going, I really want to, but like physically, this is just not good for me. So it's a matter of kind of like, how do you navigate that? How do you have that conversation? You have to start with care for one. You need to be understanding that this is their body literally doing what the body wants to do. And they're just not having it. The drought from a woman's perspective, when the lack of desire to want to be with your partner comes up is a tricky way to, to kind of tackle that for a lot of times that conversation is so, so hard. And we would rather just continue not having sex than to ever open up that conversation. And sometimes we don't want to open up that conversation because of fear of how you're going to respond, because we don't want to generalize and sit here and say, well, you guys are going to go off on the handle and be like, well, you think this, and this is how you're feeling. No, we want to come with a level of compassion, but we are sometimes terrified of what you're going to say and react to it. So one of the things I always like to tell people is you've got to find some sort of neutral ground where we're not trying to engage in sex because ladies, why are we having this conversation when the guy wants to try to have sex with us? This is not the time or the place. I need you to find a neutral setting and a neutral time and try to have that conversation And a lot of times I've told people, as cheesy as this sounds, send them an email or a letter first. Let them sit there and kind of read it. Yes, there are things that can be lost in translation, but try to get a lot of those things out and then be like, so I sent this to you, but later on tonight, 
like at dinner, can we sit and actually try to talk about this? So it, it sounds, uh, it sounds like, uh, from this type of angle, it's, uh, the guy's doing something that's unattractive and the woman doesn't feel like having sex. Is that way? Is, is that safe to say? Yeah. If you're, if you're going from that angle of they're doing something unattractive. Now, if we're doing a sex drought, meaning I just don't have the desire to be intimate with this person. What's the reason where, where is it? And you have to sit there, whoever that person is, that's kind of imposing the drought. You have to really sit there and dig deep and kind of ask yourself, well, what is it? Because mm -hmm. it is then not fair to punish the person and not have that conversation with them versus, well, I'm just going to let them hang out in the wind. So um, what if the, uh, what if the drought is he's not interested anymore? Like he's not sexually interested in her for whatever reason. Maybe hate to say it ladies, but maybe she let herself go a little bit. You know, guys have this problem too. So it's not an indictment on you ladies out there, but uh, maybe she's, you know, put on, put on 20, 30, 100 LBs and he's just not sexually turned on by her anymore. So he's, uh, he's got the headaches all the time. Like, what do you, uh, how do you address your clients that are in that situation? So if 20 pounds is your benchmark, we couldn't have had this conversation when the first five pounds started. <laughs> that that's, that's my thing. Like, You've seen this upward trajectory of weight, so we couldn't have had a conversation sooner. How does how would a guy bring that up? Because I think a lot of guys are afraid to bring that up with their girl. You know, there I had a guy today reach out to me. He's, he's he's not necessarily one of my clients, but he's one of my uh one of my I call him my three percent brothers. He reaches out to me, so like the three percent brothers get free pass with me, you know. So they they reach out to me, and I'm like, yeah, here's how it is. And he was like, he was really worried. Uh, he had a problem with his girl. She's, I don't know what her problem is. Maybe she's a lack of sleep or something like that, but she's starting to develop a lot of like crow's feet and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And she's not, you know, doing the skincare and the, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, uh, fucking cucumbers on your eye. I don't know how girls deal with that, but, um, she's not doing that right now. Right. right? And he's like, he's like, I'm thinking about maybe suggesting Botox to her. I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this is a, is, this is a hard conversation to have. With. Yeah. You know, cause a lot of women would get really hurt by that. And they're like, you don't love me for me. And it's like, you know, we're um, going to get really, really in our feels about that mainly because we are already doing it to ourselves. Mm. We are already in our head thinking that we look fat, that we have the crow's feet. I weigh myself constantly and I've lost a lot of weight in the past few years, but still in my head, I see this really, really big woman. So if you're going to playfully tell me like, maybe you should get Botox, please know that I've already said that to myself and I've said worse shit. So mm. you, it, it is, it is really hard when it comes to appearances, super, super touchy for women. So one of the things that you have to do sometimes is lean onto the positive, you know, what are the other physical attributes that you absolutely love about her? But if we are going to use the weight, which is a really big one and it happens a lot of times with clients who I have who are moms who are like, I, I had all this baby weight. Then here's the conversation that starter. What are some things that you love about how I look now? Yes, you're going to praise how I used to look. How are we going to work to maybe work together so that we can kind of get back to that? Mm -hmm. Because also my confidence is already dashed. I know I don't look like that size four girl that you married. I get it. I've popped out a couple of babies. There is a very big difference.
but what is it about this body that you do love and what can mm. we possibly do together versus, well, yeah, I don't want to sleep with you because you gained 40 pounds. Well, when I was gaining 10 pounds, like there couldn't have been a, a little litmus test, a little conversation, a little precursor, because now 40 pounds is just too much. Mm. Well, then no. And even in that trajectory of, you know, pounds being gained, what could we have started to do? How could we have had a conversation to be like, you know, this is where I see you now. How can we work together? Because trust me, it also happens on the other end. You've got guys that put on the LDs and we start, you know, dad bod jokes and kind of cocking ourselves to the side with our head kind of like, mm, what do we do? Mm -hmm. But I think the sooner you have those conversations and you can lean into, here's what I do love. Here is what I, this is what I fell in love with. Kind of going from that approach versus well, now you're just too fat and I don't want to have sex with you is going to probably end you up in a better circumstance if you can kind of lean in with a little bit more compassion. So it goes back to tone and, and, a, goes back, <laughs> and wording. It goes, and... It, goes back to, it goes back into tone and wording. It does. Yeah. It sounds so silly and so simple, but it really, really does. Yeah. What I, what I was, oh, I told this guy, I was like, well, the Botox thing, that's going to be a, that's going to be a tricky thing to bring up. I go, mm -hmm. but you know, if you did spring for a spa day where you're like, you know what? Um, I just want to, I just want to pamper you. Mm -hmm. Like, let's go. I, I went and got you the, the, the full service. Like they're going to, they're going to give you a facial treatment. They're going to do your, do the Manny Petty thing. You're just going to relax. And you know, they're going to bring you bonbons or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I don't know what they do at those places, but yeah, champagne and and you just enjoy yourself. I know, like I know how much it works, right? Have her go and do this. You pay for it. She goes and gets all this stuff done, gets uh like you know, the natural treatments done. Then you praise the shit out of her, like, God, you I never noticed this before, but your eyes look just amazing right now. You know, like I think that's a, a much better way because women I find tend to to grow with praise, right? The good girl thing. Good, they good girl. Yeah. <laughs> they grow with mm. praise much better than coming at them with like, you know what? You're starting to get fat, Cindy. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> it just true. never goes over well. It never goes over well. It's true. And just like you said that this particular gentleman said she used to do this and all of a sudden she's not. I hear that as a personal development coach. And my first question is what has happened from what you used to do to what you're doing now to make you stop doing it. Yeah. And I bet you anything, if you even start with that question, she might tell you something like, here are the self-defeating thoughts I'm having, you know, so-and-so just got a BBL and she looks amazing. And I don't feel like I can, you know, live up to that. I feel like I'm not attractive to you versus you being like, no, like I never even mentioned that or, never even saw that to be an issue until you pointed it out. Starting with if that was something that she used to do and all of a sudden stop, there may be some deeper issue, which means you then need to open up that conversation. Mm -hmm. it, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today, I think might be blowing some guys' minds because it's uh, really what it comes down to. And a lot of guys don't even really think about this. You know, they're, they don't think about this, but a lot of women are constantly in a state of some kind of weird insecurity you know, and Constantly. it's, and, and it's <laughs> their whole lives. They're, they're set to, you know, like that you got Barbie standards, right? You got all this stuff. They're constantly comparing themselves to other women. It's just like this whole, like, you know, hamster wheel going in their head at all times. And it's like, 
you know, so when these guys are like, oh, I, I'm not good enough for this chick. It's like, well, not with that attitude. You're not, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you kind of yeah. realize what's going on in her head at the half the time. It's like, listen to that. This is what is going on in their heads half the time. You know, they're like, this chick got a BBL. Maybe I need a BBL. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like that kind of stuff is happening a lot. And yeah. most guys are just completely ignorant of that sort of thing. And if you're like me and you grew up in the 90s where you grew up in the era of the supermodel, yeah, I'm still looking at myself now going, physically, this is the best I've ever looked. But part of me is like, but I could go on a Kate Moss Diet Coke cigarette diet and lose a couple of pounds. I can tell you right now, the first thing my man's going to do is be like, you lose five more pounds and we're going to talk to your doctor. So we are constantly battling with a lot of things. And so to have your external why aren't you doing this is only going to go on top of the fact that we've already said a million negative things. We say so many hateful things for ourselves in a day. It is unreal, mm -hmm. unreal. So again, tone and that little praise kink, if you can translate whatever it is that you are wanting to criticize about us, then we can sit here and be like, okay, this is where I would like your help. And it does take a really strong woman who can sit here and be like, I do need your help in this regard. So again, it all goes back to tone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I have, I have one last question then we'll, uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up here, but this has been such a good conversation. You have a mini course called project greatness. Can you, can you tell us about that? Like what, what, what do you teach in that? So, and, and, what's, and what's the difference between a mini course and a course? So the mini course, honestly, it's just a great way to kind of get you started, at least working with me if you're interested in my coaching. As a personal development coach, for me, the mini course is kind of like, here's my style. Here's a nice little introductory. It's also some really great ways to kind of get those conversations starting with yourself of what is it that I really want to focus on? What is it that I want to do with my life? Because a lot of people will come to me with, I just don't know what to do next, or I don't know what to do now, whether it's someone who's doing life after divorce, someone whose kids are now out of school, they are empty nesters, they don't know what to do. Um, people who have decided to make a career change, or people who are just feel stuck. A lot of the people I talk with, come to me and say, I just feel stuck. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my passion is. So the mini course gives you all these really great exercises to kind of dig, dig into that and find out well, what is the thing that gets you excited? There's a section called what lights me up. What is the thing that lights you up? What is that thing that you could do every single day, regardless that you got any attention, any accolades or any money from it? If that's something that you can actually pinpoint, that is a great way to start finding out what it is that fuels your passion. Mm. Yeah, I like being told I'm a good boy. That's right? what fuels my passion. <laughs> You are a good boy. <laughs> All right. And can I just say, you did yeah. not, I, I don't think you're going to say the article, the the blog post, because I was like, oh man, I think I know exactly. Can I tell you which one I thought it was? I don't even yeah, know yeah, if yeah. you even saw it. Um, so I did an article and then I sent it to BuzzFeed because I was really proud of myself about this one. Okay. Um, called My Sex Report Card. Did you see that oh, one? Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't see that one. What's that? What's that one about? So I have to admit, this is actually something and I feel like your listeners would really appreciate. I reached out to like, I want to say it was five guys, five guys that I had either dated, like it was in relationships with and, you know, left in good terms, 
or kind of was like a really good friends with benefits. And so I gave them a list of questions and I had them rate me on a lot of different categories. Wow. And that's the, bold. It yeah. was, it was really bold. I did it like in my like early thirties too. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I was bold. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, but anyway, did you get an A plus or what? Like what's what the, the, <laughs> the scoring wasn't like, you know, like an A or whatever, but it was also not in categories of like, what did you think my boobs were like? It was, it was really an in-depth thing. So it was, you know, like, how did you think I was as a lover? Um, I also had <laughs> so obsessive compulsive and so like neurotic did it like on a spreadsheet where it was done anonymously. I didn't know who it was. Mm. So I could do the article. And That's the only way judge. to do it because guys are like, I'm oh, yeah. not going to be honest with this shit unless she doesn't know. No. Okay. I, I didn't know. I picked, I picked the particular guys and I tried to give it like a good span of time. Um, but I talked about, you know, how was I as a lover? How did I communicate? Um, what were things that I can improve? And I also did that mainly, I mean, outside of for research for the article, I did it for myself. Um, because one of the things I talk about in the blog and the podcast is I was a late sexual bloomer. I very much was raised with the, you don't get, you don't have sex until you're married. So I, I believe that not that I came from a super strict, you know, religious family, but my mom waited, my grandmother waited, my great grandmother waited. Mm -hmm. um, we, again, very good girls. That's what I was taught that you were to do. So I was 23 when I lost my virginity and I was mm. so glad I waited. But because of that, I feel like I kind of missed a sex window of some kind of exploration and, and whatnot. And so the report card for me was a really great way for me to look at the past partners I'd had in that kind of like seven year window of losing my virginity and going, okay, this is, <clears throat> pardon me, this is what I need to improve on. Mm. This is what men like. Um, it gets you out of this idea that I have to compete with anything I see on porn or YouTube or whatever you want to call it. Like that whole idea that I got to see what this girl does and do exactly what Jenna Jameson does every single day of every single moment. And then I also wanted the whole part of the report card was, well, what could I have done better and then what is it that you need to feel like you were getting the best experience out of our sexual encounter? Mm. Um, no, I did not go back to any of those guys after the report card. Yeah. Um, but it is. You gave me an F. Fuck you, Tom. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I, I could kind of tell by some of the answers. I, I kind of knew who did what. Um, sure. Also, also because, you know, some guys are just really great writers and I'm like, Mm, I know who this was, mm -hmm. but like I said, I, I picked a variety of guys. It was a couple of guys I was relationships with a couple of friends with benefits. One guy that I had sex with, you know, just a few times, but we were still remember those times we hooked up. Oh, oh yeah. Do you mind writing this for me sitting back on Google doc? So if you were adventurous enough and if you can find really great questions with the intent to learn and progress and be better, I almost dare you pick maybe five people from your past and send it to them and say, Hey, I'm going to give myself a report card. And that's what I did. And then I wrote about it and posted it on the blog. Fascinating. I'm never doing that. Ever. No, ever. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't care. Um, <laughs> you know what though? Speaking of uh, what, like not having to worry about like what happens in porn. Have you ever heard of a guy named Eric Everhard? No, I feel like the name is familiar. I feel like I should know who that is. He's a, he's a, probably one of the 
most prominent porn stars out there. I happen to be friends with him. He would be great for you to interview on your podcast. Because one of the things is he, um, Eric. I'll, 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 I'll introduce you. He's actually a You're really good. You're so interview. good at that too. You're yeah, he's, he's, yeah. He's a really good interview. And he just did a, he just did a lecture for my, my beer club guys. And one of the things he said in that interview, which was great. He's like, look, the Kama Sutra has like a thousand positions. He goes, there's only four useful ones, you know? And he's like, all the stuff you see in porn is bullshit. You know, mm -hmm. he's like, most of that is for the camera. It's not effective. It doesn't do anything for her. You know, it, it looks cool on camera, but it does, it does nothing for her. Mm -hmm. and, and so his whole thing is all about if you basically, if you, if you lay it right, she'll overlook all your bullshit, you know? So it's. <laughs> like he's almost like, he's, almost all of it almost all of the yeah but but to a point not right? all of it <laughs> yeah to a point but um no so he's it's it's just funny that you bring that up because it's mm -hmm. like well you know if, if women are like oh man i i'm not doing it like Jan janice jemison does it mm -hmm. it's like a lot of guys have just this unrealistic expectation of sex because of porn it's like mm -hmm. guys you gotta get that out of your head because this is real life you know like real life is not porn um, and the porn stars will tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, one of the, one of the things that I, if I remember correctly, cause I wrote that article ages ago, one of the things I think two of the guys said was they wanted more affirmations or, or words of praise. Like they mm. wanted to know, cause I'm very much. Guys want to be told they're good boys. Too. Yeah. Guys want to be told they're good boys too. <laughs> and so they were like, yeah, you're great at making noises, but I kind of wanted, I wanted to hear you be like, you know, this is mine and all these other words of praise. And I thought, well, yeah, you are a good boy. Your mommy's a good boy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. <laughs> God damn it. You're doing, you're doing things to me. All right. All right. This is a, this has been a, a, a fun conversation, Desiree. Um, can you give us some parting words of wisdom and just let people know where they can find you online? So you can find me on my website, Desiree-Simone.com. All of my socials, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, threads is all at I am D Simone. Um, and then the podcast Growth on the Rocks, you can find it on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere that's streaming. Um, please, please come on by, take a listen. But at the same time, Instagram is always one of the best ways to find me. Um, and then of course your girl's got a nice little following on TikTok. So come on over there. Parting words of wisdom. Um, you know, I, I do talk about this often on the podcast and on TikTok. The funny thing about having an autoimmune disease is that you truly do learn that life is fleeting. And so whatever it is, just do it now. Like if there's that girl in your office and she's really cute 
and you feel like you can't talk to her, just go up there and say, hey, just buy her a cup of coffee. If there's the passion that you've always had to own your own bakery, but you've got this nine to five and you want to keep it because the medical, the medical is good and the insurance is good, but you really are really great at making cupcakes, make cupcakes in your daggone kitchen and then start selling those bad boys to the PTA meeting. Life is too darn short to sit here and feel like, well, maybe I can do it tomorrow, or maybe I can start that business next year, or maybe I can take that trip to Italy, or maybe I will ask that girl out because you are never as cliche as it sounds. You are never promised tomorrow. So your maybe could be up as soon as you wake up in the morning. So whatever it is that you want to do, whoever it is you want to do, freaking consently, but then just freaking do it. It's way too short and there are way too many amazing things on this earth for you not to try. So to sum that up, yellow, yellow, yellow. <laughs> God, it was, I can't think of the last time someone said yellow. Jesus. Just now. <laughs> just now. Just, like yeah. just right then. Right then. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome back anytime. I really appreciate it. I'm going to give you the rest of your yeah. evening. Thank you so much. Desiree, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome back anytime. That was a fun conversation. I hope you guys got some value out of it. She's got she's got some uh, interesting takes, you know, and uh, definitely go check out the Growth on the Rocks podcast. At least check out the interview I did on on that channel. I think I, I dropped some some pretty sweet gems, my damn self, on that show. Um, guys, if you haven't done so already, please like, subscribe, hit those notifications. Thank you for anybody that sounded off in the live chat. Um, if you guys haven't done so yet, please drop a comment below. That helps boost us in the algorithms. Uh, thanks to anyone that sent super chats. I will definitely screenshot it if you guys sent one and help support the show that way. Follow me on social media. The links are in the description. Get on the email list. Get your 20 dating app openers. If you go to list.comeonmanpod.com, get your free 20 dating app openers and also a free chapter of my book, Everything I Wish I Knew When I Was 18. Speaking of the book, get it on Amazon, guys. Get the get all editions. You can also get Audible and Kindle editions. If you go to books.comeonmanpod.com, that will take you to my author's page and you can get the, all the different versions of the book there, including the special edition. <laughs> and uh, check out the Practical Law of Attraction course, guys, loa.comeonmanpod.com. Join the beer club. It's a good group of dudes. I will be showing the uh, credits with our, our beer, uh, beer club brothers here in just a second. And finally, coaching is available at gumroad.comeonmanpod.com. That's all I have for this episode, guys. We'll see you guys for the live stream on Wednesday. This has been the Come On Man Podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.